Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute, formerly Metcalf Associates. And with us today is Dale Myros. He is a retired Air Force Major General, the first president-appointed U.S. Senate-confirmed Chief Information Officer of the U.S. Intelligence Community. With over four decades of military, government, industry, and academic experience, this internationally recognized technology thought leader offers practical advice to CIOs, leaders, and the organizations they run in navigating the 21st century digital world. Dr. Maya Rose is an internationally respected subject matter expert on leadership, strategic planning, cybersecurity, e-health, and information technologies, and intelligence and military matters. He's a strategic partner with Metcalf & Associates. So I want this series to help leaders and emerging leaders stay current on issues that impact their world of leadership. So I, I invite you to think of one thing that you can take away from this segment and put into practice immediately. And so this segment, we're, this show, we're going to be talking about doing well by doing good and specifically, can technology leaders do that and what is their role and accountability for doing it in their work. So welcome, Dale. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, Maureen. Do you want to tell us any more about yourself before we jump in? Uh, I, I have, uh, pertinent to today's topic, uh, uh, I'm chairman of the board of a company that, in fact, has, uh, has as its mantra, doing well by doing good, and we've got a set of partnerships that do that. And in answering your questions, I'll give you some uh, ideas, your, your, your listeners, uh, some uh, practical thoughts about how we've uh, tried to hold true to that motto. Fabulous. Thank you. So let's start with why do you think it's time for a new tech uh, business model? What was wrong with the old one? Well, uh, the old one, I mean, if there is such a thing as an old one, after all, the, the tech sector is probably only maybe three decades old. Uh, as far as a uh, uh, an industry sector, uh, not only in our country but but around the world, uh, and and by and large, it's it's seen as a positive uh, in society. It's allowed people to do things that we've never been able to do before. It's connected folks uh, that have never been connected before, uh, and and in fact, it's been one of the largest growing sectors of the world economy. Uh, but I think the honeymoon is about over. And the reason I say the honeymoon is about over is now there are several social things that are being tied to the tech sector. Things such as privacy, cybersecurity, theft, ID theft, uh, uh, date, data compromises, uh, all kinds of, of issues associated with, 
with the tech sector, and I think in part brought on by the traditional model that we in the tech sector have been following for the last three plus decades. So how do you see this then as a leadership challenge? Well, uh, as, as we have talked about several times, and I know you, you make an emphasis on, on your show, leadership is about accountability. And so if, uh, uh, if, if the outcomes uh, aren't what they are supposed to be, then it's probably incumbent upon leadership to, uh, uh, to take the lead and, and uh, sort, sort through some of those things. So, so uh, it, and, and I see it as a peculiar uh, uh, responsibility of tech leaders leading tech organizations as technology more and more uh, has many social impacts uh, uh, on not only our society, but, uh, but on societies around the world. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just, as you talk, I'm thinking about Sachin Adele's book uh, from Microsoft and some of the challenges that they've faced about what data do you share, especially in the case of crimes. And by sharing data from one user, what door does that open up globally to data privacy? It's a tough set of issues. Yeah, it, it is a tough set of issues. And and, and we've seen seen much in the way of uh, of political discussion uh, in in our country about uh, da- data being used for research for certain causes or data being sold without without people real realizing that uh, that that their data is is being sold and uh, and so when I say the honeymoon is over for the for the tech sector I, I mean I don't think people today are as as readily accepting as as a, a new piece of technology or or a new invention or a new innovation being universally good, uh, I think more and more people uh, are 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 finding reasons not to trust on face value uh, the good things that uh, that the tech sector brings to us. It's interesting, seeming to be an evolution of maybe let the user beware. Yes. Because we, we couldn't be where we are without technology right now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, but see, in the traditional business models, if you think about traditional business models, uh, those are the rationale about how organizations create, deliver, and capture value in, in, in economic terms and context. It is also now being seen in terms of not only economic context, but those of social and cultural and so an organization's vision, strategies, policies, processes all feed what value uh, orga- uh, organizations deliver. And, and again, uh, we, we traditionally think in terms of economic uh, value, economic context, and I think more and more uh, the tech sector is also being viewed in terms of social and cultural context. So can you say more about how that plays out. Sure. Uh, from my perspective, with a little bit of generalization, but I think a, a great deal of merit, uh, I see that the, that the tech sector has, has two tendencies uh, for bringing new products. Uh, one is, is we have a solution, and wouldn't it be neat? You know, kind of the art of the possible uh, I, I, idea. And, and, in, and in some regards, 
we end up with solutions and then we hunt for problems or reasons to use those solutions in some kind of way. The other tendency we have is this new, bright, shiny object. Oh, look what I can do. Oh, look at this new and improved. And, oh, and there's, a, there's a draw to the new, shiny object uh, simply because of, of the idea of what tech can do. If you think about that, most, uh, most generally, these two tendencies are a push, a push from the tech sector to the consumer. Mm-hmm. I think that needs to be turned on its head. We need to find the pull dynamics, and that's that's the part that is of the doing good by doing well, doing you know find the pull dynamics, you know what the and and so if you think about this pull dynamic, it's from the customer to technology, and so so okay fine you you got better ideas but these are the things that we need, and so I I think it's incumbent upon us to maybe reverse engineer, and saying okay these are the needs. How can, how can we figure out to apply technology specific to uh, specifically to those needs, not just technology because oh we can now we can now do something we couldn't do before. So I, I think it's like that's like the dynamic of, of currently in in the tech sector business. Uh, most of us operate with a with a push mentality, and and we need to find the pull mentality that puts people first. So, clarify a little bit for me, because I'm thinking of Apple specifically, and I never knew that I needed an iPod, as an example. Mm-hmm. But boy, when I got one, I thought of all kinds of ways, as the person who didn't always put her CDs back in the case, and they flew around the car when I slammed on the brakes and that kind of stuff. It was really convenient not to have a bunch of busted CDs when I had an iPod. Exactly. And, and, and you know some some of this is is just being aware of what's doable, okay. And and, and so you know people in, in in our imagination sometimes our imaginations are limited by our experience, mm-hmm. and so our experience doesn't allow for you know things maybe that we don't understand, and and so when when a lot of the disruptions that the technology sector brought it was like this bright shiny object. And we could immediately think of all kinds of things that, that, that we could now do, time that we could free up, accesses that we, that we, that we could have that we, that we didn't have before. And, and so I think we've reached that, that plateau that says, okay, the imagination of the consumer is now stimulated. And I don't know that the consumer necessarily, as a rule, chases a whole bunch of shiny new technology things anymore, particularly because... We hear about all of the bad downsides of it, losing your identity, cybersecurity, uh, somebody taking your, your information and selling it or profiting from it, uh, uh, th- those, those kinds of things. So, so I, I think culturally, uh, the consumer is in a different spot than it was in 2007 you know, when the iPhone was introduced. Okay, because I I was one of the not slow adopters, but slower. You know, I I had my BlackBerry, and I really liked being able to hit the little keys, and I didn't (laughs) think I needed a bunch of stuff. Yeah, now I I don't know how I'd live without it. Yeah, exactly. But but see, you're you're you you've progressed in in a way to where now there are more aspects that you consider. Uh, I doubt that I know I didn't. You know, when you're when you're talking. you know, 10, 12 years ago, 
it didn't it didn't even occur to me about my social security number being out there or because it, you know I didn't think it was out there and it wasn't exploitable. Uh, and so along came these better ideas, mm-hmm. and and so culturally we started accepting these better ideas, almost uh, you know carte blanche as in, as in it's a better idea and therefore it's a completely good idea. Uh, and and as we have all discovered that that there is a there is a downside there is a caution uh, to to technology that says, okay this is a better idea I can work with it. But technology, in my view, the the providers of technology are still caught up in the, we have a better idea. Why doesn't everybody else think this Mm -hmm. is a better idea? So so on that note, let's shift a little bit and define what you mean by uh, doing well by doing good. That has a specific meaning to me, but I don't know that all of our listeners would define it the same. Sure. Uh, The the business about about doing well uh, is is that uh, you, you figure out what the social good is, you figure out what the consumer wants, you figure out what the end use is, and you optimize that. And then if you do that, it will bring along with it the econ- economic rewards, the be able to monetize, those, those kinds of things. Oftentimes in the technology sector, we start with the technology and figure out how to monetize it. Rather, rather than examining the good uh, that that needs to be done and then reverse engineering into saying, okay, we can optimize this technology for that need. So the needs are doing good and the optimizing the technology is doing well, which results in profit. I, I love that focus. I, I've talked about our company being focused on helping leaders solve the world's biggest problems. And it sounds like you're starting with what are the biggest problems we face, and you'll get into that in the case, and then using technology to address something that is significant for a lot of people. Exactly. And, and let, me, let me bring one last point here before our break, and, and that is, is, is in, the, in the realm of business, we talk about addressable markets. Okay, so see, even there, we've made, we've made people an abstract concept. So if you do well by doing good, by first doing good, you think of addressing people, not markets. So you take away the, the abstract think of the challenge in hu- and put it in human terms. For instance, the challenge that, that we believe that we are tackling is, there are 3.5 billion people on Earth not connected to the Internet. Notice I said, I don't call that my addressable market. I call those my addressable people. Okay. And that's a little less than half the population. That, that is, yes, just a little less than half the population of the world. And, 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 and more specifically, you know, we're going after the education piece. And so the you know we don't think in terms of addressable market. We think of how many children need to benefit by uh, uh, a, a, a social good. And so then we backward reverse engineer how do we address that issue? It seems like an amazing impact to bring technology enabled education to that many children. Yes, it it, it really is and. And, and again, uh, from, from our perspective uh, and where we started and when we get into the, our, our case, 
we, we looked on the globe and said, where are the least connected children that would benefit the most, the soonest, from immediate connectivity to the Internet? And that started our project. So when we come back from break, I want to go into specifically what what is the example, what is the case, because we're talking around it. And mm-hmm. I'd like for people to understand the points you're trying to illustrate specifically related to this case. So we'll be right back. This is Maureen Metcalf and Dale Myros. And Dale is talking about doing well by doing good, specifically f- illustrating that concept by a company that he serves on their board as their board chair and what they are doing to improve the education for children who don't have access. We'll be right back. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. 
Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today, our guest is Dale Myros, and he's talking about a case study of doing well by doing good. So, Dale, why don't you walk us through the case, and then we'll go back into the questions. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so, the name of the company is Imcon International. Uh, spelled I-M-C-O-N, and the I-M-C-O-N stands for Immediate Connectivity. Uh, and, and the idea that really started back in my doctoral research uh, in, in that I was uh, figuring out how to use technology uh, for delivering healthcare uh, distance through telemedicine, uh, connecting, connecting providers with, with patients kinds of things. And so, so it evolved the business of what the technology we were, we were using, and, and so, so hmm, remote, remote access. What remote? And so we, we finally come around to three and a half billion people are not connected to the internet. That's a lot. Is there a place where there's a concentration of people not connected to the internet? The continent that is least connected is Africa, outside of Antarctica probably. Uh, and, and in fact, one of the least connected countries is Liberia, where less than 7% of the population is connected. And most of that connected population is in urban areas. A significant amount of the population lives outside of urban areas. Uh, and, and some t- statistics that we use, you know, we got like 264 million p- uh, children in Africa that don't go to school. Uh, because the schools don't have curricula, and you know it, it builds from there. So the idea was was can we can we put technology in a backpack, deliver it to remote areas, and can this sufficiently service serve as a as a connectivity to the internet, connectivity to learning, connectivity to information, connectivity to the outside, and so that's where the idea of internet and a backpack came from. And that's why we are concentrating on Africa, specifically Liberia, uh, because it has some specific needs. Uh, and and in, in working an enterprise like this, you need like-minded uh, partners, either companies or individuals who also uh, have the passion uh, of doing good by doing well. And so our passion was figure out how to deliver communications technologies to those who need it most. And uh, so that's, that's why the, uh, the whole element uh, fo- focused in Africa. And uh, that's why it's fo- focused in, in Liberia. And we've been working work this project. And in fact, uh, on, on, the, uh, on the morning of the 27th of September, uh, we had an announcement of the Education Foundation that we helped found and are going to support uh, in building out and connecting the 6,000 schools uh, in Liberia to the Internet uh, and also helping them develop education programs for which to use the technology. So that, in a nutshell, is, is, uh, uh, is an example of how we believe uh, that... that uh, that we took a business model that started out with a desired outcome for the ultimate uh, consumer and then reverse engineered the process uh, to find the needed innovation to meet the needs uh, of this population. So so the problem you were solving was improving education for children who are not currently connected to the Internet. Correct. And and, and again, you know, the idea stemmed from you know, folks who, who were remote 
from a resource that they needed. Uh, you know, again, the, the idea of, of remote pa- patients remoted from, from a doctor. Uh, by the way, my, my doctoral uh, study had, had to do with uh, 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 PTSD and, and brain-related injuries and connecting specialists wherever they happen to be to, to patients to wherever they happen to be. And so that led to the idea that, you know, connect, connecting kids, provi- providing, providing that, that draw, if you will, that pull that, that I talked about in the, in the first segment, uh, it, it would be something that, uh, that, that could be worked very, very quickly. And so what impact are you going to have and how quickly? I heard 6,000 schools. All right, 6,000 6, schools. So, so the project that we announced last week uh, is, uh, is, is 40 by, one, by 2021. And, and as I said earlier, 7% of, of uh, Liberia is connected to the Internet, and, and we're hoping that by 2021 we'll increase that percentage to 40%. Uh, and and so we thought that that by starting with education and starting with the younger generation, which tends to be more accepting of mm-hmm. being able to learn new technology and things like that, that that would be the fastest way to ex- to accelerate. Uh, you know, uh, li- li- the population of Liberia being able being able to participate, use it, leverage this new technology uh, for the you know for the betterment of their country. And so for the most part, other than selling their natural resources, this is the gateway to the global economy. It, it is a, gate, a gateway to the global economy. Uh, and and there, there are several things that, that I think are, are worth pointing out. And again, it depends upon what partners you, you go with. Uh, when, when you've got a, a very blank sheet of paper here to work with, uh, you don't necessarily have to be burdened by some of the mistakes of other of, of other infrastructure, of other processes, or whatever, uh, and so it gives you a chance to, uh, uh, to to work on different aspects. One of those aspects we're we're working on has to do with the ownership of the individual's data. Mm-hmm. And so we we partnered with a company called Humanity.co, uh, who is explicitly working on what we call the 31st human right. Now, the UN has already already determined that every human being on Earth, all seven billion of us, have 30 human rights, and and Humanity.co is is leading the way with its partners uh, to figure out uh, how to make uh, who that people can own their own data uh, and and uh, and do so uh, uh, with uh, uh, with regard to what their benefits are. And, and so, so, you know, this kind of leads back to some of the things that we're dealing with in, in our society, but it's the growing concern around the misuse of personal information. Human data, and it includes all kinds of things to include healthcare records, geospatial location, uh, personal data, uh, et cetera. And so, so as, as we extend this internet, Already built into the applications and how we're how we're going to uh, uh, to employ it and and field it is 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 that as 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 we connect those people, uh, we will be providing uh, the means uh, and the construct for them to own their own data, and uh, and and so so in some regards that might even leapfrog what some of the civilized. Uh, 
countries, to include ours, are you know continually having to having to do with with regard to who owns this data, what can it be used for, who has who has control over it, over it, and who profits from it. So, so I realize that in and of itself is a significant discussion. Yes, it is. Uh, let me just go ahead. Sure. But 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 see when when you think about this doing good by doing well, and 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 you start with a, a greenfield if 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 you will, you, you know you can address some some of the issues right up front, build it right into the infrastructure, build it into the build it into the culture, build it into the framework of uh, of how their GDP grows. You know, I know there are some examples of what we refer to as third world countries that end up with more sophisticated technologies because they don't have to work around the old and swap it out. They just start with the newer. And it sounds like this is an example of that. Yeah, yes, it is. And, and, I, and I think it's a good example, which is why it's really important that, that uh, uh, when, when, you, when you dive into an effort like this, that, that you get everybody with the same passion and the same like mind. Uh, because it, it is easy to, to, to bring in things that, cl- that cloud issues, uh, take, take away uh, uh, elements from, from what, what people ought, ought to have and how, how they ought to do it. And so, you know, we are, in fact, I think, giving them the chance to leapfrog uh, uh, a few of the basic issues that, that are inherent in the fielding of technology uh, that was brought about by the old way of doing business. So on that note, then, what's the connection between leadership accountability and the uses of their products and services? Well, that, that's an excellent question. And, and in some regards, it is already well-defined, particularly in our society and other societies, in certain aspects. For instance, uh, you know, in, in the United States, uh, if, if some, somebody sell, sells a product, there are liability things associated with it. You build an automobile, there are, liabi- there are liability insurances built, built into it. You know, if, if, uh, you're, if disc brakes in a model are faulty or whatever, there are recall. A lot of the tangible goods in, in many countries uh, already have laws which protect consumers. And, and, and those laws are usually built around physical things. There are very few of those provisions built around the digital environment. And if you look at the digital landscape, it's, it's like, okay, so, so the, the data is stored in one location in one jurisdiction. The hardware is stored in another location in another jurisdiction. The users are stored in, you know, or live or locate in another area, and the ones who orchestrate, provide, and own the whole infrastructure are yet in another. So, so the idea of, about about the digital landscape having the same maturity of liability and accountability and things like that is just not there yet. They're there, they're there in some things, uh, but in but in many things uh, uh, they aren't. So that's a great point. Where are they and where are they not yet there? In your example, where do you see they are and where do you see they aren't? Okay, so, so in, in my example, the business about who owns your data and what control you, you have over your data, uh, which is led, led by our partners, is, is very, very much a part of that thing that's probably not been legislated 
in uh, in all the countries that are highly connected uh, uh, to the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are struggling in in our country with with uh, th- things that are, that are called like like uh, bias and prejudice and things like that. Uh, you know, crimes that are that are committed o- over the internet sometimes don't have carry the same uh, issues and problems that. Uh, uh, that they would in a, in a, in a physical sense. Um, you know, the exploitation of, of how tech, the tech sector has monetized what it provides is built around a lot of the data and, and, uh, and, and their ability to mine that data, analyze it, share it, or sell it for their own economic or political reasons are all things that are that are not well well adjudicated, uh, because laws and policies take a lot longer to develop than the art of the possible does in the in mm-hmm. the tech sector, and in other sectors, but especially right. tech. Let, let me give you an interesting one that that we kind of ran into, and and again we we hear about AI and robotics and things like that replacing workers through automation, mm-hmm. and 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 so one one company I'm 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 working with. Um, uh, the way they, you know, d- does a robot have human rights? And the, and the way we got around an issue in, in a particular jurisdiction was, is we agreed that the robots would pay union dues. And some of, the, some, of the rest, some of the resistance went away. See, robots, AI, blockchain, all of those elements are all part of the digital landscape all driven by what the tech sector can and cannot do. So can you give me a very quick answer, because we're almost to break. Is there anything inherently different in the leadership challenge of tech organizations versus other kinds of organizations? Yes, I I truly believe that. Uh, And I go by the 80-20 Pareto principle. You know, 80% of leadership elements, and we can talk about this in a little bit, are common across no matter what kind of organization you're talking about. But 20% are inherently different based upon your challenges, your mission, you know, what kind, what kind of workforces you have, what kind of customers you have, and how, you're deplo- how, you, how you manufacture, create, uh, distribute, and account for uh, your products and services. Okay, so that's that's really helpful. And uh, what are the challenges associated with with technical people and their leadership? Sure. Okay. So if you if you think about it, uh, the kinds of people that are drawn to the tech sector tend to be introverted. They mm-hmm. tend to be a- analytical, and they tend to have lower people skills. No, those might be my people. <laughs> <laughs> and. <clears throat> If you think about it, their approach to solving challenges is a culture of certitude, as in the problem is a technology problem. We can Mm. figure out how to fix that technology problem. We can make it work Uh, because, again, if you think about it, uh, the entire digital landscape is man-made. And so man, humanly constructed and humanly modified. Exactly, and so again, the culture of, of the of the tech of the of the tech sector, I think, uh, is one which kind of brings there is a certitude to being able to find an answer when you're looking at people issues, which is what the tech business really is, not so much. 
<laughs> yeah, since I do a lot of people work, I recognize <laughs> that uh, people issues are less easily solved than technology issues. Exactly. Perfect. So we are going to go on break. This is Dale Myers and Maureen Metcalf, and we are talking about doing well by doing good. We'll be back momentarily. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You're joining Maureen Metcalf and Dale Myros. We're talking about doing well by doing good in the tech sector. So let's get practical about leading organizations that do well by doing good. How do you get started? And specifically, let's go back to your case study. Your doctoral work was in the area more specifically associated with medicine. How did you get from there to children in Liberia? <laughs> that, that, that's an that's a excellent, excellent question. Uh, again, uh, what what we were uh, 
uh, we started out with was, was a passion to deliver communications technology to those who needed it most. So in my doctoral study, it, you know, uh, I, I come from a military background, and so elements of PTSD and traumatic brain injuries and all those things are very real to me, very real to the, to the men and women I, I used to supervise and command, and, and, and in fact, many of my friends. And and uh, and so it was. It was a it was a matter of of a, a, the resource needed is separated from from the, those who need it. Well, in talking with several colleagues, we, we, we got we got to talking, and and you know there are all kinds of uh, all kinds of uses that, that we can we can figure out how to use this kind of technology. Again, this is kind of the old model. You know, the old model. Okay, mm-hmm. I got this shiny object. I got to figure out how to use it. And so we came up with the following. You can use it for healthcare, security, rescue, education, agriculture, energy, uh, uh, Internet of Things, uh, survival, uh, and, and, uh, and, and even tourism, you know, uh, hikers, you know, up in mountainous areas mm-hmm. and, 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 things, and things like that. And so, we, you know, we said, you know, that's kind of the wrong approach. And so we, we started examining all, all of those areas uh, and, and talking with, with colleagues and, and partners. And, and so, uh, you know, we, we, you know one, one of the, one of the uh, discussions we had was one, one, with One Planet Education Network, uh, who is working this, this, this very problem. And, and so in, in, uh, in, in our analysis, in our SWOT analysis of, of what we could do, uh, where we could have the most impact, the soonest, and those kinds of things, we were persuaded uh, that that uh, 264 million children not going to school in Africa was probably the most lucrative target uh, that could be worked on first. And, and so when we you figured s- out what the pull was that they needed, you know, in in order to make that progress. That sh- that that ended up with Liberia, us us working and getting connections with. Uh, uh, with uh, former Liberian officials, current Liberian officials, and, and, and et cetera. So when you say lucrative, I assume that means highest impact. Highest impact, it, 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 exactly. Okay. And, and, and so, so that came first. And then the idea of, okay, now can we make this uh, doable? And is it economical? And in many, okay, and so this, this is where we, we got into the business. Many, mm-hmm. many technology sector companies, in fact, uh, you know, have as their first thing making money, making profit or whatever. And then they'll create uh, a nonprofit foundation to be associated, you know, with their, with their corporation. But that, that's a sidelight to their corporation. Not that it doesn't do good, and what, what, but it's a sidelight to their business model. And see, we move we move that business of of that to the center, uh, which which again ends up being the reason of why did we pick the partners we picked, and why why did why did we establish a foundation uh, that that in fact has the people that we're trying to serve as their center mission. So you're a for-profit company, and you have a foundation that you control. Okay. All right. So, so the for-profit company is separate from from the uh, from the foundation. The foundation that we just announced last week 
includes the government of Liberia, Syracuse University, uh, and, and our company. Uh, 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 partners like One Planet Education Network will will work on on the education modules and 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 help helping do that. We, on the other hand, will work on fig- on figuring out how to make this a Liberian enterprise, uh, employing locals, putting infrastructure uh, in, in 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 the uh, in the country itself, uh, make, making making sure that the internet and a backpack can be deployed, both on grid and off grid, and so it is a self-contained element, which you know, with its own solar panels, with. Uh, and, and we have at least six different ways of connecting to any kind of transmission connectivity uh, so that you're not stuck with only satellite or only wireless or only Bluetooth or only mesh network kind of thing. And so all those, all those elements are, are in the backpack along with what, what you would look at and say, oh, that's, a, that's a handheld phone in which it's got the applications which are peculiar to, to education. And so that's why we decided. We didn't forget all those other things about, about rescue and security and healthcare and agriculture. We didn't forget about those things. Uh, but, but again, we're going to start where, where the need was, was, the, was the highest uh, in, in education. And, and as, as we get uh, a, a, a level of maturity and being able to meet uh, th- those things, uh, we we will start in the business of healthcare providing, uh, rescue rescue elements and etc. as as follow on means. Uh, but but it's about making a choice. And leadership made a choice. Where can we do the most good? So the foundation. I, I just want to go back to that as someone who just went through the company rebranding and the question of just how do we keep it as simple as possible? So you're starting a foundation and my assumption is that foundation enables you to work across sectors. So you've got for-profit, non-profit, government, all serving this single mission. Exactly. And again, to be clear, I don't have the foundation. We we are partners with Syracuse University and, and the uh, country uh, and, and the country of Liberia. Uh, as as equal partners, and each partner brings something different uh, in order to work cross sectors. So it sounds like that's the legal mechanism that made sense for this project. Exactly. To integrate the best best outcome and also fair governance. Exactly. Uh, and and again, the 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 nonprofit foundation is run run like a foundation. Uh, you know, it uh, the, the funds that it seek seeks are specific uh, to to the aims of, of that foundation, which are which are are based on education, centered around education. And so so we have an institution of higher learning. We have government, and we ha- we have a, a corporate sector. You know, which are all working in partnership with the goal. Of delivering uh, communications technology for the specific education needs of the country of Liberia. It is fascinating to me how these things evolve. I, I'm assuming this wasn't like someone woke up one day and said, "Hey, we're going to do <laughs> education in Liberia and we're going to form a foundation." No, no. Re- remember, we 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 started we started with a technology. And how are we going to use that technology? And so we took a different approach. 
in figuring out uh, how it would work. And then, then by, by getting partners like Humanity.co, One Planet Education, Syracuse, uh, uh, and, 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 and making sure that we, were, we all had the same aims and culture of doing good first and then doing okay. well, that's how, that's how thing, things came together. And, uh, uh, and, and again, some of it was analysis, which said, this is this is the area that you that that has more promise than any other, and then as you d- delve into that area, it's it's uh, technology is is a human connection element, and so is building a business, and so is leading a business. So, in your due diligence, I assume that you did a lot of testing to make sure people who say they want to do good in the world that they're actually showing up and doing it. A- absolutely. Uh, and, and, and in fact, we, we've had multiple demonstrations uh, for the ultimate customer uh, to, to include. And, 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 in, and in fact, we've got a YouTube video, Doing Well by Doing Good, which we just released. Uh, and it gives you a feel for, uh, uh, for what we're doing, particularly between Humanity.co and, uh, and MCON International. Uh, you know, the, the, the element of figuring out how to provide that population what it needs, reverse engineering back to, well, what technology is going to produce that outcome. And I'm assuming also which partners so you could validate you had everyone you needed. Ex- exactly. And uh, uh, so, so the, the element, of, you know, and, and, and again, to make this point, uh, the technology is not new. Uh how it's put together is creative and innovative. Mm-hmm. And how it's being employed and used is what the innovation. See, oftentimes in the tech sector, we think that the innovation or the newness is the technology itself. No, the tech, it's, it's how you use the technology. For instance, I, I, used, I used to say all, all the time that, you know, everybody, th- you know, the iPhone is seen as this big disruptor order, but all the technology in the iPhone have been around for years. It was a matter of, of Apple combined it in, 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 a, in a very innovative way that all of a sudden ended up being this technology disruption, which a lot of technology sector companies are trying to replicate ever since. So what's next for you guys? I realize you are just starting this project and, and it is, you're going to technologically enable a third of a country in three years, which seems yep. like a massive undertaking. Yep, it, it is a massive undertaking, which is which is why you, you have you have to have people that believe in you, all the way from from the investors to the uh, uh, to to the uh, uh, partners that 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 pick. Some pick you, and and, and, and you you pick the pick the others. Uh, you know, for 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 instance, you know, when it when it comes to to the element of. Uh, of, of sorting through what the infrastructure is. We're, we, we're going after uh, uh, certain uh, uh, large vendors uh, who, who have the same kind of culture of, of doing good uh, as well as doing well. And, uh, and, and you know, we, we believe that we found that. And, uh, and, and as we mature, we're going to need more partners uh, because because the task is going to get a little bit more complicated, uh, you know it's it's pretty easy when you put in the first ten, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even the second ten, but you get to the third ten and all of a sudden you have scale issues that that you have to worry about, and so you need new partners to help take care of that. Well, and there's a whole change management human back to the human thing. Ex- exactly, 
dropping off backpacks is different than getting humans to use them in the way they were designed. Exactly. And then servicing them and providing the service. And, and you know, you got to ask yourself, how, how come all of the big technology companies haven't gone out to these populations? I think the reason is, is because they have a good business model and those populations don't fit in that business model. So we're creating the business model mm-hmm. For all, for all of those folks that didn't fit in the traditional technology business model. If, so, you know, if, yeah, if you're, if you're, if you're going to change outcomes, you got to change behavior. If you're going to change behavior, you got to change thinking. So let's shift gears, and can you give us a two-minute predictions for the future? What's next? Well... Uh, for for us is uh, is 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 making making sure that we're teamed up with our partners uh, and the foundation and and that that works works along. Again, we have to work with not only the United States government but uh, but the government of, of Liberia. Our second launch launch point uh, that that uh, that we call it launch next has to do with rescue. So, so there are 350 million people affected on an annual basis by natural disasters. And so the idea of internet and a backpack seems to be a very logical one uh, with different applications in education, obviously, uh, but a very logical one for doing the most good for the most number of people in the shortest amount of time. So that 350 million is about the population of the U.S. I haven't checked lately but that That many people that many people are affected by natural disasters every year around the world yep wow and 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 so so that's that you know in in looking for that next uh most dire need that that's our analysis of 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 what we can do and what we can help with we believe that that's an uh, a sweet spot for us in our launch next so we've got about one minute left Tell us how people can learn more about this, and then we'll wrap up. Sure. Uh, as, as I said, uh, uh, we, we have a, a YouTube video out there, which I think captures it. It was, uh, it was a YouTube video jointly done by Humanity.co and Income International. Um, and, and it's a two-minute, 53-minute video on, on YouTube. You can get it by going to my LinkedIn page, Dale Myros, or follow me on Twitter at DW Myros. Uh, it, it, is, it is posted there. Uh, humanity.co has, has, has a web page. Uh, Syracuse just made a, a big announcement about the foundation uh, at the Syracuse web page. And, of course, uh, uh, MCON International. It's M. Con, I-M-C-O-I-N-T-L dot com are, are the places where, where you can learn about, about what we're doing and, uh, and, our, and our passion to deliver communications technologies to those who need it most. And we will also have it on the Metcalf and Associates blog. So that should be up already. And if not, it'll be up in the next couple of days from the broadcast date. So thank you, Dale. I really appreciate both what you're doing and that you're willing to share it with our listeners. You bet. Thanks, Maureen, for having me on the show. And for listeners, please do follow up, learn more about this, and think about the challenge to you is where are you able to do well by doing good? What problem are you able to help others solve that will also enable your business or enable you personally? So... 
if we are in a time of dramatic change, there are a lot of people who have needs that didn't exist in the past. How do we come together to help solve them? Please leave me your comments on either an email, info at metcalf-associates.com or Facebook Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. And we hope you join us again next week. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. Drive and thrive and have a great week.